Good morning, everyone. Hey, man, come on, let's welcome. I just want to tell you that I love you today. What a great, awesome, you're the best-looking group I've seen all day today. I want to say that I, it is such an honor for me to pastor this church, and I love what God is doing. I love the work that he's doing with our kids. This week, we had mega sports camp. We run a weekly summer camp here, and this week, the emphasis was on sports activities, and uh, and Doug uh, Hayes led that this week with the rest of the team and Kristen, and uh, they had 114 kids in, in kids camp this week. Can we give God a big hand? Amen. This is a great, great week. We're so honored that you're with us today. Hey, uh, we get an opportunity here once a year. We've been doing this for almost 16 years. We go to the beach. We call it Beach Sunday. And uh, we baptized there. Last year, we baptized 42 people at the beach. And it was just a great day of celebration. We're going to be doing that. We're going to be leaving here from the third service. There was a little flyer that they were handing out on the way in. All you got to do is show up back here right after third service, which is around 1245, 1 o'clock. We'll have a great big 60-passenger bus out here. You can jump in the bus. Or you can just drive to uh, New Smyrna. And it's the 27th Street exit. There's directions and all that there. But I want to encourage you to be part of the family today. We'll have some bottled waters and some drinks out there for the team. And but it's going to be a great day with the family. If you don't want to get baptized, just seeing other people get baptized to me just brings great joy. You get to see the impact that your local church is making in our community and city. Uh, today, uh, today, I want to just share with you kind of what's happening. The month of June was supposed to be my month off, and we were supposed to be on vacation this month. But there have been some changes in schedule. Everyone say changes. And changes are good. We don't always like change, but change is good because uh, I believe in just a little over one week, City Church will be the proud owners of the City Church Orange Campus. Come on, can you give God a great big hand? And so uh, because uh, of that, we'd already had the preaching schedule lined up. I won't be preaching the month of June, but the next time we're going to be speaking is June 28th, and it's going to be Info Sunday. And we're going to be talking about moving forward. We're going to be the Joshua generation that takes the land. We're crossing the Jordan. We're taking our next step in God as a church family. And so I want to encourage you. But because of that this morning, it's been a great honor just to listen to some of the great communicators that God has brought here at the City Church. Three weeks ago, we had Richard and Richard Miles spoke on one body out of the book of Acts. And last week, Pastor Glenn spoke out of Acts chapter 16. Teamwork makes the dream work. And then this Sunday, our children's pastor, Pastor Kristen, that's why the emphasis on kids. We don't normally play games in our Sunday morning service, but today uh, we like to. And you know what? Everyone, come on. We've got to stay young at heart, right? We don't want to be a bunch of old grandpas out there. I can't believe they did that at church. You know? uh, come on, man. Let's have some fun with God. Amen? Let's have some fun with Jesus. Because we are healthy, happy, holy, faith-filled, fun-loving, born-again children of God. I'll give my preach on. There you go, a little bit. But because of that this morning, our children's pastor, Kristen, is going to communicate. She's preaching out of the book of Acts, chapter 17. And I want us to give Pastor Kristen a great big hand. Can you give her a great big hand as she comes this morning? Amen. Good morning. I hope you guys are enjoying service so far. If you are new with us today, we do have kids' church service, all three services. It's in the building next to us. It's labeled kids. So um, anytime we have adult service, we do have kids' services. So please come back, and your kids will love it. Uh, if you haven't learned this by now, 
We are a, a church that believes in raising up the next generation. That's the, the heart of God is to reach every generation, and um, our pastors do an amazing job at that. And um, I'm so thankful to serve alongside of them. They pour into my family, and I just we're so blessed because of them. We just love them, love you guys so much. Let's give our pastors a hand. And I, I can't go any further without saying a big thank you to all of my City Kids teams, all of my volunteers. It takes a lot of volunteers to run our kids' ministry. And we're talking starting from those who take care of the little babies to um, all the fifth graders and everyone in between. And um, I have an amazing team to be able to accomplish what I get to do each, um, each week and the vision I have for kids' ministry. It doesn't happen without my great team. So thank you guys so much. I love you guys. And um, some of our team is actually not here this weekend. Our JBQ team, that's Junior Bible Quiz, that's... Um, one of the ways we disciple kids here at City Church, and they have gone to nationals again this year. They've been in Chicago. And so this is like the grand finale of their season. They quizzed all day Friday, all day Saturday, and they finished up their season yesterday. At, um, out of 80 teams that competed nationwide, our team finished second place. Awesome. Awesome. And, and not just... Not just the teams that when they actually look at the individual quizzers, and they have an opportunity to place in that. And so we actually have Toby Robinson, the guy right here, the kid up here in front. Um, he placed first place out of a few hundred kids, number one quizzer in the nation. So. All right. Well, it's no secret that my husband and I, we love kids. We have four of our own. We're... Um, we work with kids all week long, both of us, and we, we just love being surrounded by kids. We just we love them, and um, like I said, we have four. Our youngest is age two. You guys, there he is right there, and see that face. Every time I say, give mommy a kiss, he brings it in with those keys and all, and he gives me a big kiss, and so he just turned two in March, and you know, when you go from like baby to toddler years, you start seeing more of their personality emerge and kind of seeing how God wired them, and, and some of you are like, yeah, I know, I I'm in that stage. Well, this guy right here, he is a fearless leader. Like, we see that in him already. He, he, we're out and about, and he's, we're walking along, and he gets distracted. Something catches his eye, and boom, he's going for it. No warning. There's, like, nothing. We just got it. One of us always has to keep our eye on him. And so he, he just leaves whatever's behind, and he's just focused on whatever's got his attention, and he's going, going at it. And our other three, when they were that age, they, um, they would go after things, but they would always stop, and they would look back and make sure we're close behind them. That was their security. They're not going to get too far from us, but this guy, oh, my goodness. He, he, um, he doesn't look back. He doesn't care if we're there or not. <laughs> he just goes for it full blast. And, and so last week, last weekend we were um, down by Universal, and we stopped in at CityWalk to grab some lunch with the kids. And so we were walking along the road, the, the path out at CityWalk, and um, I was up ahead a little bit with our oldest daughter, and we were just having a little girl talk, just having a special conversation, chit-chatting, and, and I hear some commotion going on behind us. And so I turned to look, and, well, there, this is what I saw. Preston gets off the path, and there's a res uh, restaurant with the doors wide open, and he goes, bam, running straight inside that restaurant. And then I see our five-year-old going straight after him. And then Doug's a little bit um, behind them, catching up to them, and... Um, We've, we've had our oldest kids, our two older kids are five and seven. When Preston runs, you go fast. You get him. If, we, if you beat us there, you get him, and you stop him at all costs. And So they do. I'm not kidding. They really do. They'll bear hug him, and he's kicking and screaming, and they're just hanging on tight until we get there. And it's a team effort to raise Preston. 
But I mean, he keeps our, our family very interesting. But the neat part about it is that God created him this way. And he created him to be fearless and to be a leader. We see that even now at the age of two, to be a leader. And he, he has boldness that God has given him. He's a very bold child. And so as Preston grows and he, he um, comes to know, has an understanding of who Jesus is and, and really grows in his relationship with Jesus, he is going to be a fearless leader for the Lord. He is going to lead people and, and um, not just in his realm, but he's going to go out with boldness into this world, and he's going to bring people to come and know Jesus too. And so I see that over my child, and, you know, ultimately that's God's plan for all of us. He wants us to know him and to make him known. Those are some big things in our lives that we get to know him and make him known. So that brings us to um, the big idea for today. And so how it works, when this comes on the screen, you know it, I got my kids, they're ready. (laughs) All right, we're going to do it like kids' church. So the kids know that when we see that on the screen at any time during service, I'm not going to do it any time, it's just right now. You guys are going to jump to your feet, and we shout out the big idea all together um, as loud as we can. So I'm going to ask everybody to stand up. You don't have to jump, but just get up, stretch out a little bit. And on the count of three, we're going we're gonna to shout this out together. One, two, three. God wants us to know him and make him known. Good job. You guys can have a seat. All right, so today as we talk about how we can know God and make him known, we're going to look in the book of Acts, chapter 17, and we're going to look at Paul as our example. Paul was one of the greatest missionaries who ever walked this earth. And talk about a man with a mission, right? He had one encounter with Jesus, and it changed his life forever. He was on the wrong track one moment of Jesus, and now he's on the right track, and he's got a mission. He's going to know, uh, get to know Jesus more and more every day and grow in his relationship, and he's going to make him known everywhere he goes. And so we're going to look at that. I'm going to take you guys through a journey. Chapter 17, there's three different stops. I'm going to tell it to you guys, and you guys can follow along in the Bible if you want. But a little bit later on, we'll go ahead and look at the passage. So Paul's on a journey, and like I said, everywhere he's going, he, um, he's in the middle of his second missionary journey. He's making Jesus known, and, and that's his goal everywhere he goes. So he's hitting some new territory. First stop is Thessalonica. Can you guys say that? Thessalonica. So he stops there, and um, as his custom with him and his team, they go right to the synagogue. And that's where they start. They start preaching about Jesus. He, he says, hey, you know, in the Old Testament scripture, what you guys have for the scripture, um, this Messiah that's been predicted, this is Jesus. He has come. Jesus is the Messiah. And the Bible says that some Jews and a, a large number of God-fearing Greeks start believing. They're saved. They're, they're believing in Jesus now. And so great things are happening, happening in Thessalonica. But then there's a group of Jews who don't want, have, want, want to have anything to do with this. They're jealous, and they don't like it one bit. So they go down to the marketplace, and they, they gather together some bad characters. They're known to do bad things, right? And so they form a mob, and they go all across the city starting riots all over the place. And they're looking for Paul and Silas, and they want to drag them out to, before the city officials, before the entire city, and, and accuse them of being troublemakers and just um, go after them. But they can't find Paul and Silas at this moment. And so the day um, comes to an end. It's nighttime, and the believers come to Paul and Silas, and they're like, you know what? probably best if you move on to the next city right now. It's not safe for you, so go leave quietly. And so Paul and Silas, they go ahead and head out to the next stop. So their next stop is Berea. Now, when they, when they step foot on, uh, in Berea, it's a whole different story. They walk in, and um, it's, it's a more accepting environment. And the people of Berea, they're of more noble character, the Bible says. They're more open-minded, and they're, they, they eagerly 
want to hear this message that Paul is talking about. They want to hear about Jesus. And, and they also have scripture that we know as the Old Testament. They start looking at it, comparing it to, hey, this is what Paul's saying. This is what the Word is saying. And they see if it matches up. And they see that it does and that what Paul is saying is true. So now you've got the Bereans over here. And they're, they're believing in Jesus. And things are going really good there. But then those Thessalonian writers catch wind of what's going on right here with, with the Bereans. And so they travel over here to Berea, and they start rioting in the streets of, of Berea and trying to turn the people against Paul and Silas. So the believers take Paul, and, and they move him on to the next place. Um, Silas and Timothy, it's okay for them to stay back, but it's time for Paul to move on. So they bring him. He ends up in Athens. And so he's all alone in Athens. He sends word back, hey, I made it safely. Silas and Timothy, come and meet me as soon as you can because we've got work to do here. These people right here, they need to know the Jesus we know, and we've got to make him known. So he gets to Athens, and he's kind of walking around the city, and he's looking all around, and the Bible says he's greatly distressed. I mean, like he's burdened. He is deeply saddened by what he sees. What he sees is the streets are filled with idols. All over, he just sees idols, fake gods everywhere. And, and they have names on all of them. You see, the Athens, the people in Athens, they were all about worshiping whatever god that would bring them the most favor um, or the most fortune. That was their mentality. So they were going to worship any and every god. They even had a statue titled to the unknown god, just in case they missed someone, just in case they, you know, they wanted to cover all their bases, so they had one even to the unknown god. And, and Paul sees this, and he's like, what is going on here? This is not right. And they don't even know who they're, they're, they're worshiping, and, and they don't know the true god, and they think he's unknown, but the truth is that God wants to be known. And so he couldn't wait for Silas and Timothy to get there. He's like, I can't wait. I've got to tell these people what I know. I can't keep it a secret any longer. And so he, um, he goes to the synagogues, like we talked about. That's his custom. And he starts telling the good news of Jesus there. Then he goes um, to the marketplace day in and day out. Every day he's going there. And whoever's walking by and listening, he's telling them all about Jesus. And at that time, Athens was a place where they loved to hear new ideas. They were... They were um, wanting to hear all about it. They loved talking about it and debating. And, and they might not necessarily believe everything that they hear, but they just, they love it. They love the latest ideas. So um, people were listening, and they, they had some philosophers were walking in the marketplace one day. And they overheard Paul talking about Jesus and the resurrection. And um, they stopped. They got their attention. And one of the groups was like, this guy does not know what he's talking about. The resurrection, there's no such thing. We don't believe in the resurrection. When you die, you die, and that's it. And nobody ever comes back to life. And this guy's just babbling on and on. And then you have another group of philosophers who are like, well, wait a second. Maybe he knows a foreign god that we don't know. Maybe he's advocating for them, and maybe there's something we need to learn. And either way, both parties were a little bit intrigued. This is something new. This is like new teaching, a new doctrine that they thought, they thought was new. And so um, as a result, they're like, they brought Paul, and they took him before the council of Areopagus. And so this was a council of leaders who um, got together, and they would hear different cases, make decisions for the city. And so they brought Paul. They brought, um, brought him before them so that everybody there could hear what Paul was saying. And so we're going to look at Acts chapter 17, verse 22. So Paul goes before them. It says, So Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows. Men of Athens... I notice that you are very religious in every way. For I was, I was walking along, I saw your many shrines. And one of your altars had this inscription on it, to an unknown God. 
This God whom you worship without knowing is the one I'm telling you about. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples, and human hands can serve his needs, for he has no needs. He, has, he, he, he himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. So Paul went on to say that God is not far from them. God, he's not this far-off, distant God. He's not one that's going to be unknown to him. He wants them to know him. God wants all of us to know him, and he can be known. Paul begin, uh, goes on to describe different attributes of God. God is creator. God is judge. And, and um, he told the people, all these gods you're worshiping, they're dead. They're lifeless. You've got to stop worshiping them. Now you know the truth. It's time to turn from your sins and turn to Jesus. Turn to God, the one true God, and start worshiping him. So verse 32, here is the result of that. It says, some of them sneered. All right, they didn't want to listen to it. They don't want to hear. They start kind of making fun. They're real sarcastic. But others says, we want to hear you again on this subject. So Paul left the council and some believed. But overall, most of the people at Athens, they, um, they were just like, eh, whatever. And, and they just like, all they wanted to do was hear that new idea rather than really allowing to be, uh, their hearts to be transformed by the one true God. So here Paul was. He went from Thessalonians, where the bullies were, right? They were kind of like bullies. And then he went to Berea, who um, they were more accepting and re- uh, receiving of the message, and then to Athens, where they were really kind of sarcastic and complacent. Everywhere he went, he didn't know what the response would be. He didn't know how people would receive the message. But he did know this, that every single day he was going to do his job to know God and to make him known. That was very important to him. That was priority. So we're going to look at how this applies to our lives. First, um, first one, number one, God wants us to know him. Can you guys say that with me? God wants us to know him. So there's a big difference between knowing about someone and really knowing someone, right? So let's take a look at this guy up here. You guys know who this is? What's his name? That's right, buddy. LeBron James. So we're in the middle of our NBA finals. Um, Not ours, like I play or anything. I'm too short. But (laughs) But the, the, um, the competition is tied at two apiece, all right? So they're tied. Game five is tonight, 8 o'clock. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm going to play hard at the beach, so I'm probably going to be asleep by 8. But, um, you know, here's LeBron James, and I've been hearing a lot of talk about him, about him. How many of you are fans of LeBron James? Give me wave at me. You guys like him? All right. How many of you do not like him? You want to see him go home lo- losing? <laughs> okay. So there's a mixed opinion in the room about him, but you guys have strong, most of you who watch basketball, you have a strong opinion either towards him or against him one way or the other. So, um, you know, I can know, I may know about LeBron by reading the headlines, watching him on TV. I may know about him by um, reading important stats about him. And then based on all of that, I'm forming my own opinion on him. But until I meet him face to face, and I talk with him, and I, I, I get to know him and, and see what he's all about. I can't say I know him. I know about him, but I can't say that I know him. I can't go around saying, yeah, I know LeBron. I can't do that, right? All right, so the same is true for us and God. You can sit here. You can come to church every week, right? You can sit here. You can listen to the message, the word of God, and, and you can hear about God. You can hang out with other believers and have conversation and, and listen and hear more about God. But until you have your own personal encounter with him, until you open your heart to him and say, yes, God, do you really know him? 
You have to say yes. You have to move towards him. And the cool thing is that God's heart is for everybody to know him. He wants a relationship with every single person. And John 17, 3 says, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. God is our creator. He created every single person in this room, and he wants a relationship with us. So not only has God made himself known to us, he has made himself accessible to us. So we can go to him, and we can go to him with confidence because of Jesus Christ. And so that's an awesome thing. And, um, you know, God doesn't care if you're a boy or a girl, uh, male or female. He doesn't care um, where you come from, what your race is. He loves you just as you are. And he says, come just as you are. So I'm going to, I invited some of my friends up here. We're going to illustrate something for you guys to show he's not an unknown God, that God cares about every person, every age. And so this is my friend, Brendan. Everybody say, hey, Brendan. All right, Brennan, tell us how old you are. Eleven. And what grade are you going into? Fifth. Fifth grade, all right. So this kid right here is amazing. He is in kids' church every single week. He finds me when he gets there, okay? And he's like, Pastor Kristen, what can I do today? What can I do to help you? And and what can I do to serve? I just want to do something. And sometimes I run out of things for him to do. He's he's awesome. He's always wanting to serve, and I love that about him. Here at 11 years old, going into fifth grade, he's making a difference already. Pretty awesome. So, Brendan, I want you to tell everyone who Jesus is to you. How, how would you describe him? Jesus to me is my Savior and King. All right. Awesome. Show him your sign. And here is Trinity. I've watched this girl grow up in, a kid, in kids' church, and she comes Wednesday nights to our kids' discipleship program. And this girl right here, she has a smile and a love for Jesus that lights up any room that she walks into. And she's really quite incredible. So, Trinity, I'm going to ask you the same question. Who is Jesus to you? My protector and captain. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. All right, and this is Natalia. She's a student here at City Church who loves Jesus. And she's absolutely incredible. She's on my kids' ministry team. And she comes, she shows up every single week. And she serves in second and third service, okay? She can't get enough of it. She loves the kids so much. And um, they love her. She does such a great job. She, she's um, a small group leader. She's helping disciple your kids. And so I asked her to come up here. And can you share um, a story of something that has happened in your life where you knew God was there and God just revealed more of himself to you, of who he is? Yeah. Okay. Well, so a year or so passed, and a situation happened, and it left me unlike myself. And if you guys know me, I'm always smiling, I'm laughing, I'm loving on people, I'm hugging people. Well, this happened and it left me hurt and I was betrayed and it was a reflection of me. I reflected that for a good month or two. Um, I prayed. I prayed to God. I asked him, please, refill me with the joy that I had before. Heal me so I can keep doing what you want me to do. So he sent four incredible people into my life. They poured into me. They put my pieces back together and I'm back to where I was. And I'm sharing God's love and loving on people and I'm happy again. Awesome. So who is Jesus to you? Awesome. Thank you. All right, so here's part of my story. It was the summer of 1996, and I was looking forward to summer. I was going to turn 16, and I was going to get my driver's license, and I was excited. It was going to be a great summer. But then two weeks after my 16th birthday, tragedy hit our home. My mom woke me and my sisters up in the middle of the night to tell us that our dad passed away. It was totally unexpected. That was a really 
really difficult road to walk down. My world had completely changed. But my God did not. He didn't change. And in that season of, of hurting and, and, and knowing, trying to figure out what, what, what's going to happen next, God was there, and he revealed more of himself to me, and um, my relationship with him just grew deeper. And from that situation, and you can testify to like different situations in your life, God reveals himself to us. And I knew from not just that moment, but for the rest of my life, I could count on God no matter what. He was going to be there for me, and no matter what I went through, he would be the one to comfort me at all times. And he would be the one to restore those broken places, those hurt places that no person could ever try to, could even get close to healing. He's the only one. He was going to restore me. And that no matter what I go through, no matter how hard a situation, he's going to give me joy all the time. And it's a true joy that comes from deep within. And so you guys see me, you know, running around here at the church. I got... Preston running in one direction, right? And another child stomping in a puddle and it's time for church. And I have a smile on my face. It's because I know who my God is. That no matter how hard of a day I'm, um, I might have, whatever I might be going through, that I have God always and he's there and he's going to fill me with joy. And so um, God is just, he's absolutely incredible. And he makes himself known to us. This is just a few words to describe who he is. This is just a glimpse of who he is. There is so much more to knowing God there's so much more than our, our human minds can even comprehend. But he does make himself known to us. And so if you're a believer and you, you are close to God, God wants you to go even closer. He wants you even closer. There is no uh, limit to the depth of where we can go with God. That's what's a really cool thing. And he can keep bringing us closer and deeper. And if you can't say today, I know God, if you can't say that honestly, we're going to give you an opportunity later to, to take that step in him. And, and I'm praying that you will just open your heart to him. So first thing is God wants us to know him. But we can't just stop there, right? God wants more out of us. So we get to know him. And the next thing is that God wants us to make him known. Can you guys say that with me? God wants us to make him, home, make him known. So when we invite Jesus into our lives, we're making a commitment to him in his great commission. Matthew 28:19 says, go into all the world. And, and preach his message and make disciples. So let me ask you guys today, where is your world? Who is in your world? Everywhere you go, we've got to be making a difference in this, in this world. Maybe you guys go to Starbucks. I know I like that place. <laughs> and maybe you go there often, or maybe it's when you're running into Walmart, wherever you might go. God is calling all of us who believe in him to make him known, to make the name of Jesus famous wherever we go. And it's kind of like Paul, wherever he went, right? He went into some dark places. And he was being a light. And that's what Jesus calls us to do. And he's very clear about it. We're going to look at one more scripture passage, Matthew 5, 14 through 16. Jesus says this. This is him saying it. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So let's say this candle right here. It's pretty simple the way it looks. This candle right here represents Jesus. And I believe in him. So now I have his light. So this is me. Now I can choose to hide it, right? And not show anybody. And not shine his light in my world. I can choose to do that. But why would I do that? I have joy and I have comfort and he's there for me. 
I want to give that away. I want to, I want to light the, my world everywhere I go. So what that looks like is I meet someone like Jackie. And she doesn't know Jesus, but I tell her about him. And I say, hey, this is what God has done in my life. And she really needed to hear that. And, and I, suddenly God becomes alive to her. And she decides she wants to live for Jesus. So now she has the light. And she's going to light up her world, wherever that might be. It might be her family members. It might be her high school. When she goes and sits next to different classmates and friends that she hangs out with in the cafeteria, those are places that I can't go, but she can. And so she can light up places that I can't light up. So I'm doing my part, and now Jackie's doing her part. And then I go to the grocery store, and I meet someone like Mikey. And he's going through a really hard time. He doesn't know what to do. And I say, hey, man, can I pray for you? And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll take anything that might work. And so I pray with him. And when I pray, he feels God's love and his peace come over him. And he's like, whoa, I want more of that. I want more of this Jesus. Tell me more. And so I tell him more. And he decides that, yes, I want Jesus. And he says yes to Jesus. So now he has the light. And it's his time to start lighting up the world that he lives in. And so he's going to go places that I don't have, I, I'm not able to go, that I don't even think about going because our worlds are a little different. So he's going different places, and he's giving opportunity to people that I might not ever have met. And he's lighting up his world. So I'm doing my part. Jackie's doing her part. Mike, Mikey's now doing his part. And all the people that we've been reaching, they can't keep their light hidden now either. And so they're out there, and they're making a difference. And what happens is we suddenly we look around the city, and our whole entire city is just lit up with Jesus. We all have a part to play. I have a part and you have a part. What would it look like if we all did our part? We made that commitment that everywhere we go, we are going to make a difference. However, Jesus wants to use us saying, yes, day in and day out, Lord, you show me how. You, you tell me who to talk to and I'll do it. What would our city look like if we all did that? We woke up with that urgency tomorrow morning and we really committed ourselves to living this way. Our world would be different. We would really change our world. I'm going to ask everyone to bow your heads and close your eyes. The most important thing in life is to know God and to make him known. Now here's the most important question of the day. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Have you said yes to him yet? Do you really know him? If your answer is no, are you ready to make that decision for him? Let me tell you, Jesus loves you, and he wants to forgive you of all your sins. So if that's you, you're, today you're saying yes. I want to say yes to Jesus. Could you let me know just by lifting up your hand, just real quick? Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to pray. I'm going to have you guys repeat. I'm going to have everybody in this room repeat after me. And when you pray, let this prayer come from your heart. Let's pray, Lord Jesus, I recognize that you are God and I am not. I also recognize that I'm a sinner in need of salvation. Lord God, you sent Jesus to save me from my sins. Forgive me right now. Come into my life and make me new. Teach me how to walk in your ways and to live the life that you created me for. 
Right now, I declare that you are Lord and God over my life. And I will live for you every day. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, if you made that decision for Jesus, that's the biggest decision of your life. And that is reason to celebrate. Let's celebrate, church. That is so awesome. If you're here right now and you're a believer in this room, I just want to talk to you real quick. We're wrapping up. God has made himself known to us. And so we have a job to do. Hopefully you felt challenged today to really go out and make the name of Jesus famous. It's so important for all of us to do our part. Let me tell you about a girl in our summer camp. Every year she comes to our summer camp, and she's a fifth grader now, so we don't have much more time with her. Um, she's you know, going to be getting a little too old, but we have her. And, and she's amazing. She goes around, and she's always wanting to help. She's like, can, how can I help? She helps clean up after lunch. She just wants to help, and she's so good at it. And one of our staff members was talking to her this past week and asked her, hey, where do you go to church? And she goes, I go to church right here, City Church Summer Camp. She was proud. And she, she's like, Every single day of the summer, I get to learn about Jesus, and I get to come here. So City Church is my church. And she goes, but during the school year, I don't get to go to church at all because my dad won't take me. There's a dad out there that needs to be reached. There's a family out there that needs to know the love of God more than ever. If we all commit to doing our part, we can reach families like hers. We've all got to do it so today, if you're saying yes, yes, I make a commitment to you, Lord God, not only to know you, but to go out there and make you known, however that looks, however you're asking me to do that. If you're making that, if you want to make that commitment today, I'm going to ask you to stand right now, and I'm going to pray for everyone in here. So if you want to say yes to making that commitment to making Jesus known, go ahead and stand. Go ahead and bow your heads. We're going to, I'm going to pray over you guys today. Pray for myself as well. We all need this. Lord God, I can't thank you enough for being a God who loves us and that you've made yourself known to us. Thank you that we get to know you and have a personal relationship with you. And today we make a commitment to not keep you to ourselves. You are too good to keep to ourselves. I pray right now for every person standing in this room that we would truly commit in our hearts to go out and to make you known everywhere we go. However that looks, Lord, whatever you want us to say, whatever person you want us to minister to, that we will always have a heart that says yes, and we will make your name famous, Lord Jesus. We love you so much. Thank you for always being there for us. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. To know God and to make Him known. The mission of City Church has always been to bring God's love to the city one person at a time. But the only way that we can make Him known is we got to know Him. And I hope you've been challenged. I've been challenged. You know, what I realized today is that...